LSG Media presents Without Limits, a Westworld podcast. I'm your host, Dean. I'm Jessica. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 2, Episode 6, Phase Space. Jessica, we are past the midway point. Past it. We're, we're past it. We're into Episode 6. And I gotta tell you, we only got four left. And I'm wondering how you're feeling right about now. Um, I'm wondering how you felt about this episode overall. And I want to dive right into your opening impressions on Face Space. Sure. So the first time I watched this episode, I was kind of like, yeah, but I also like had been to a 4th of July cookout and been busy all day and drank a lot. So I don't know if my opinion was super valid, but um, it was late. I was like, I don't know. This episode really felt like it was trying to do too much. I really struggle when ensemble shows try to put every, like check in with every character in one episode that's not a premiere or finale. I feel like that's hard to do. And I feel like you take away from characters. You don't give them enough time. Um, on the rewatch, though, I felt like they gave enough time to the things that needed it. Um, Maeve's story, especially. Um, that plot line closed out, in a way, or part of it did, at least. The, right. the part with uh, the samurai world or shogun world people, mm. um, which I, I really liked, especially on my second viewing. Um, the, the, clo- the fact that they closed it out? or, or, the, or- the fact that they closed it out and how they did it. I, yeah. I, I liked the way it went. I liked the amount of time they spent with her. Um so I could have maybe done without the check-ins with every single person in the show. Like, we didn't need to check in with every person we checked in next week. We could have skipped Maeve entirely this week and gave her extra time next week and given everybody else extra time this week, I think. Um, but then I guess that's just being kind of nitpicky. Um, it was Especially a little, since we don't know what's going to happen in 7, 8, 9, and 10. Right. It was a little bit of a setting everything up for our move towards our finale, I feel like. I I, I feel like that's what this episode, I feel like this episode is really a setup episode. Mm. And um, if you keep that in mind, then it's got a lot of good stuff to it. Right. And obviously the ending is pretty cool. So. Right. You know. I was happy to see the conclusion of the Shogun World um, side quests uh, because I think it served a purpose uh, not only to give us a little bit of a different flavor on Westworld by showing a Shogun world, but also by furthering Maeve's storyline and in the mirroring of uh, Akane's uh, storyline with Sakura. So I enjoy the fact that we brought that to a close. I like that we did it in 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 dramatic fashion with a really cool duel, which I thought might have been superfluous, but it's just so cool. And then you have the situation with Sakura at the end, uh, saying goodbye to... Akane saying goodbye. Akane saying goodbye to Sakura and saying goodbye to Maeve, uh, along with Musashi. They decided to stay behind. The 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 um, the woman with the bow went ahead, went forward with them. But I'm glad that they, like you, I'm glad that they decided to close that out. I think it served its purpose, and I don't think it took away from the story at all. Um, I, I told you I'm a fan of the flavor. Hanaroyo, that's her name. I told you I'm a fan of the... F- in the show? The, the, the arrow lady. That's her name in real life The, the character. Show. Okay. Yep. And um, I'm happy we did what we did. And I liked this episode. I think there are th- some things that interest me. I, I like the man in black's storyline with his daughter, whose name already escapes me. Grace. No, her name is not Grace. Her name is... Yeah, it's Grace, right? Emily. 
No, no, no. Emily. Oh, I thought Emily was her fake name. No, Grace is her fake name. How come she's listed as Grace in the credits? I don't know. Her name is Emily. Are you sure? You're you're not getting confused? I Google it. I'm looking at IMDb. She's credited as Grace. But my point, you you get this, the exactness on that. Um, but my point is, I actually am interested in that storyline, and and I am curious about it. I find it intriguing. Um, I don't know. Her name is Emily. Cool. I wrote Emily in my notes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so shows you how confused I was. But I was very, um, I was very interested in, and I wonder. I really do wonder what's going on there. If she is real or not, is it part of this test and game for the man in black? I don't know. I'm starting to think that we, way. We don't know, and we that's don't what's know. very interesting about it. It is. It really is. And uh, I liked it. I like the stuff. We've we've done two major things this season um, to to get us deeper into the technology. Number one, we had that whole thing with Mr. Delos. Jim, was it? Jim Delos. And what they were trying to do with him. That's another level of the technology. And then we have what's called the cradle, which is what they hinted at in the very first two episodes there, where we know that they're recording and mapping every experience of every host and using it to almost create this virtual world. This mapping of this thing called the cradle, which then you can jack into and have the experience of somebody going through Westworld. Right. Um, Which I guess maybe was sold as marketing research, but it's not. There's something else going on here, isn't there? There's Obviously, mm-hmm. with Ford being in it. Um, so I like that stuff. So there's some things that were introduced, which I think are going to, which are answers. It's it's like the, the focal point of this mystery, which will spin into, as you said, setting up for the finale. And I'm excited. I like this episode. I, I've liked the season. I think they've done a good job. It's not a sophomore slump. We still have yet to see how it will end, so that goes without saying. But I do like it. I did like this episode. Um, it continues to move things forward, which I think is important. Right? Agreed. Awesome. So why don't we dive right in to Bernard and Dolores? And oh, this was interesting too. What a, what a cool switcheroo! This is I forgot the scene even happened. Almost yeah. that's so funny. So what we have here is one of Bernard's conversations that we've seen a hundred times with him and Dolores. And the script gets flipped a little. She ends up freezing his motor functions after he says he has to make a choice regarding her, I think is what he's intimating. And then I wrote, perhaps he's playing to deactivate her question mark. He said, I'm not sure what choice to make. Dolores comments on his agency. She corrects the way he says it. She's basically saying, no, no, no. When he said it, he had more agency. It was not as wishy-washy. Essentially, she's doing with Bernard right. what William was doing with Delos, exactly. Correct. And she she even says this is a test one we've done over countless times, and uh, it's for fidelity. So it's funny to think that perhaps Bernard's path to being a host was going through the same thing Delos went through, where they literally were just trying to recreate Arnold. That's a very good possibility. Crazy. Yep. It's awesome. But I liked the scene a lot. I thought it was an interesting flipping of the script. I'm sure more will come of it. It it is it's interesting now that we've seen like you said what happened with Jim what this could possibly mean for with Bernard and was it something Arnold had to go through himself? Very cool. Yeah. We quickly shoot over to Dolores and Teddy. Does Dolores miss old Teddy? Question mark. Oh yeah. It's interesting, right? I think it's very interesting. I don't think she realized what would happen when she did this to him. And, Do you know what I mean? Yep. And he says coolly, um, "Listen." He tells her her like. The man who wrote in here countless times has been fixed. 
Yeah, he was a weak man or whatever he says. Yep. It's very interesting because I think Dolores was so pumped about what she did. And when she sees how, like, she wants to still reminisce with him and be like, oh, Teddy, so many times you came off that train, huh? And he's like, fuck that. I don't care. Let's kill people. Right. And Dolores Let's is like, just complete the mission. did I he's... make an error in judgment here? It's funny to watch these. It's funny to watch Teddy's react- reactions play across her face. Uh, there is some surprise and perhaps, as you're suggesting, regret. And I like that. Me too. I, I liked it when you'd cuddle me and you make sweet love no to more. me with that romance cover ass and rhomboids. He ain't doing it this time, is he? No. No. Now he's just killing fools. Yep. Now he's just mushing her face into the pillow, taking hard cracks at her ass. Wow. Yep. He's going He's going full, uh, full, uh, what's his name? <laughs> What's Bateman? Patrick Bateman <laughs> flexing in the mirror as he bangs her. I like how you were like act, you were like you were gonna say like what's Patrick Bateman's name? Yes, like instead exactly. of saying what's Christian Bale's. That was really funny. <laughs> His just, name is Patrick Bateman. I just see him as a sociopath, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely I like it, and I wonder. And we speculated on this last week. I wonder if this is going to play into some kind of redemption for Dolores. I don't know. It's it's tough oh, to say. I don't know if it's going to play into redemption for Dolores now. No, well, we'll see. I'm pretty out on Dolores right now. Okay. Well, we'll find him. Let's go, Teddy says, after blowing away the guy ruthlessly, shooting him in the head. And Dolores' reaction to that was, what the fuck? And Armistice's reaction was like, I'm going to bone him tonight, too. <laughs> she was uh, in. You mean Angela? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Fuck, I called her Armistice. Sorry. That's okay. I know what <laughs> It's because she was a blonde badass. I got confused. Yeah. You get them all, all, all mixed up, all the blonde <laughs> I have, BAs. I have, like, blonde. I have, like, hair blindness. I can't tell the difference between blondes. Oh, it's really bad for me. <laughs> Yep, so that guy gets waxed. They keep Phil alive, though, for now. They're going to blow him up later. <laughs> Don't worry, Phil's going <laughs> to die. Poor Phil. Poor Phil, what a shitty... He's a kind guy. What a shit run he had. I liked him, too. Me, too. He was just kind of kind of cute. like in a, Not in a, like, I want to date him way, but in like, oh, he's adorable. Like, I'd like to be his friend. Really? How Maybe. You know, well, you don't think he's date-worthy? No, not my type. Too, too... Are you going to say black? No, no. What are you going to say? Too, too like... meekish? Yes, yeah. too meekish. I know what you mean. Too meekish. Yeah. Hales, Hale, uh, Stubbs, and Abernathy. Yeah. Right? So Abernathy gets nailed to a bed. Oh my God. This is fucking horrendous to watch. I hate everything about it. It really made me uncomfortable. This was like really bad. And this really showed like the disregard that some humans have for the hosts in a way that I feel we haven't seen in a little while since the hosts have kind of been taking over. You're right. Um, It's a good reminder, isn't it? And to see that again... It, it, it was it was hard to watch. Um, I don't know. There's something because it's so unnecessary for them to do that to him to like cause him pain. They can strap him into the fucking chair. You know what I mean? It, oh my god, it was really bad. Yep. Hey, this kind of goes into something that Danny Fouch said in the chat, uh, and not in the chat on Facebook. He wrote, "Elsie's the only human in Westworld worth saving at this point. All of the dealers, special forces, and management can go suck it and die." No, that's true. It, it, it's really true. Like their behavior is. I, I mean, Charlotte Hale is just awful. She's just awful. You're still on that. I mean, was she not awful? You're afraid to date a black guy. You hate black I'm not the black afraid chick. to date a black guy. <laughs> I, there's some black guys I'd date. Did your Selva? I'd date him. Of course you would. So would I. God damn it. I wouldn't judge you if you did. Yeah. I'd, I'd like, support it. I'd be like, yo, can I get a check real quick though? For like 20K. Think you'd do that? No, I don't think so. Because I think you would find somebody else to bang. That wasn't going to ask him for money. The trick is if I'm banging one, I want his Stringer Bell voice. Yes. 
What I want is proper British voice. Oh, oh good tough question. call. Depends tough on the call. type of banging. I know. That's, you know what I mean? That's actually a valid point. It's a very good. Uh, that's a good point. I'm wondering. I'm glad we're getting to all these hard hitting issues today. Yeah. Well, these are the questions brought up. If you had to bang Andrew Zelba, who's not in this show, would you prefer the Stringer Bell voice? <laughs> you, oh yeah. Prefer? Also, like Donald Glover, Orlando. He's he's also he's now not on my in list. This show though. Yeah, Either. I know. But someone said Michael B. Jordan. I'm like, yeah, I'd date him too. Where the fuck's Wallace at, String? Yep. And then I thought, I'd also date uh, Lando. Wallace would give String a fight now. Yeah, He's all big. He's a big fella. And he's like real popular and a lot of women want to date him. He's fucking jacked, dude. Since Apollo. Uh, Creed? What was it called? It was called Creed Creed. because Apollo is his dad and he's dead now. He is dead. The fucking Russian killed him. Spoiler alert, guys. P.S. Russians just fucking killing people. Spoiler alert. Whoever shared that thing on Facebook, I think it was on our Facebook page and it was like a 30 for 30, but about Rocky fighting like Ivan Drago. It, it was the funniest that thing I've ever seen in my life. Funny. I literally almost peed my pants because I love the Rocky movies more than anything. Thank you. Thank I wish you I know. knew who you were. Or even if it was shared on our page, it might have just been something I randomly saw on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right. Oh, man. All right, let's do this. All right, off off this topic of who we're going <laughs> to, what men Dean's going to sleep with. Specifically, what black men am I going to sleep with? Very specific. Um. So let's move over to, well, what else? Sit tight, old man. You're about to get your deep and dreamless slumber. I don't want you to fuck with his head. I just want you to keep him off his feet. They nail him up. Stubbs has a, does, he reacts poorly to this. Doesn't like it, does he? Yeah, because, you know, Stubbs has a little bit of a heart and also because everyone um, on our Facebook page thinks he might be a host. It's true. Which I, 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 I definitely get that theory and I understand why people think that that's a possibility. And I also think it could be a possibility, but I just don't care about Stubbs enough to think about it very much. Hmm. No offense, even though he is still... What is he, Hemsworth? He's, yeah. He's still the Hemsworth brother that we support here on LSG Media. Okay? <laughs> full, full support. With our t-shirt that says the brothers, the forgotten brothers. Yes. With him and Skarsgård yes, on the it. the lost brothers. Okay? The lost brothers. We got him, or we got him here. So Maven Akane and Musashi's duel is the next sequence. Akane cuts out Sakura's heart. Yeesh. This, the Oof. carnage in this scene. Oh, the bodies? It's so over the top. And at first I was like, this is fucking unnecessary. But then I was like, no, I think that this is speaking to... The savagery of melee weapons? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking swords? Yes. I think this clean. is speaking to what Shogun World would look like. Like, it's it's the theme of what this place is like. And that's what Lee you, said, remember? Right. And you're not going to see corners like this in Westworld. But it makes sense. They're trying to show you this. Like, that. what Lee said about it being... Sure. You know, the tougher Westworld or whatever the fuck he said. When you're using, when you're using hand-to-hand weapons, the, the wounds are going to be much more gruesome. And they were fucking gruesome, honestly. Like... Yeah. When, oh, my God. It was The, really the duel is just so rad. Um, but even just, just the corpses everywhere, her cutting the heart out with the blood all over her face. Oh, yep. my God. Yeah. It is like... It is. It is. No joke. There's some really good stuff, and I really liked Akane. Like, I liked her. I, I really, because... Especially when someone is, you know, not speaking English and you're just reading subtitles, but you can you can feel everything they're saying. Like, you don't even need the subtitles to get it. she's a good it. actress. Yeah. She's a great actress. Patrick Harrington says, um, her with the blood on her face makeup was a wicked visual, and I agree. Oh, yeah. I mean, that... The way that looked was just... It's always a cool contrast. It was so gruesome. And and it just it was so meaningful for the scene and for what she was going through. It was really good. She's got that real black arterial blood. And it's funny because you look at it 
it, when you when you observe the scene, you observe the just the carnage and the loss of life everywhere, or robot life, as it were. But then you see the, um, but to see the, I guess you could say the tenderness and the care and the love amidst it all yes. is something kind of special. For sure. And that's, uh, I think that really speaks to Shogun world that despite the brutality, there's this, there is this beauty and this grace amidst it all. And that's sure. Shogun world in a, in a nutshell to me. For sure. Very cool. That real dark arterial blood on her face too. Oof. Like yeah. Black. It was. Musashi, when he fucking kills t- uh, Tanaka, the way he flips a sword, he flips the blood off and then he puts it away. Ugh, boner jams. Um, I, I love what Maeve says to Akane when Akane's like, use your powers and fucking fix it. And she's like, no, some people deserve to make their own choice, even if that choice is death. I think that's such a great line. I think that's so much restraint and so powerful for Maeve because we just sat and said, she can literally do anything. She's like a fucking superhero now. She can just do whatever she wants and save whoever she wants. And the fact that she... She says, no, he made this choice. He wants to fight this fight. And he deserves to do that was really powerful to me. And I love that she did that. And I love that he still fucking won. Like, I I feel like that matters, you know? Yeah. It it really did. And I I agree. I don't fucking care about sword fights, guys. I'm going to be honest. But I have to agree that this was pretty fucking awesome. It was awesome. And then when they chopped his arm off, I was like, this is gruesome as fuck. Yeah. And it was... Oh my God, it was really bad. <laughs> it was sweet. Um, so we move back to the man in black, Lawrence and Emily. This is uh, just kind of a quick hitter. Um, you know, I like how he challenges Emily about what's this for, like a game from Ford he's intimating. I I, I like that a lot because that, that is the right thing to guess is he's like, okay, you're, you're your host. Mm-hmm. I can't believe Ford would do this to me. And she's like, mm, no, I'm not a host. But I'm not convinced that she's not a host. She says, you're anymore. not leaving without me. She reveals that a couple dudes are trying to ambush them, which was funny. She's like, that's a honeypot. Your men are looting. The two guys come out. She blows them away, which shows that she's got a little man in black in her for sure. Or she's, she's programmed that way. Yeah. Right, of course. That, that's the thing. is, And she may not know that she's a host. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, so that's certainly possible. She really might think that she's Emily. Um, Bernard didn't know, right? Right, exactly. And none of the hosts knew yeah, they were true. hosts. That's a good point. Um, so, so that to me is is very interesting. That that's his reaction to her immediately. But the difference is, can I just interrupt? Sure. Is that Grace didn't? There's no Grace. Grace sorry, Emily thinks she's a person. The other hosts didn't think they were a person except for Bernard. They they were just they wouldn't know how to respond. They right? thought they were people in their own storylines. I guess that's true. So but maybe just, just limited storyline. Yeah, you're right. You're so that's right. the thing. They give them all a backstory. Yeah, so for sure, it, it it's just very. It's very interesting to me. I like that that's his reaction. And I didn't expect that to be his reaction, but then it made so much sense that, of mm-hmm. course, he's like, oh, this is what Ford's doing. Um, I right. liked that a lot Yeah, in this scene. Good shit. But, um, yeah, that's... Uh, can we stop playing around now, she says. We're kind of building up their conversation at the camp, which is the, the thrust of this episode yep. for the Man in Black. Definitely. We go back to Bernard and Elsie. I believe if anyone can route this ship uh, uh, route the ship by sheer force of will. It's you, Bernard tells us. And she's like really proud of that. She like is. her reaction to it, it's it's like yep. you know her mentor telling her like, "Hey, you can do this thing," and it's really sweet. I actually. like it. Yeah, and he's always been the mentor. Yeah, and he's still falling into that role now. Even yeah. Well, I guess he was then too. <laughs> I don't know. I, I 
Elsie's grown on me a lot, I have to say. Absolutely. I Not because like of her pants or her hair. Daniel so. Fauci is very proud of you. Is he? Yep. Thanks, Daniel. And so is uh, LSK. But um, Elsie assesses damage from a computer terminal. Climate control, she says, is working. She notices something else, though. That the QA team was blocked while attempting to access the system by something called the cradle. I'm saying something called because we don't know what it is, but they do. Mm-hmm. So Bernard and Elsie's main thrust here is going to be the cradle and getting it done. It's funny. We have these parental things going on. You have Sakura's thing. You have Maeve's thing. You have the man in black's thing, right? All, yep. all like parent and child. You have like subplots. Teddy and Dolores and like the weird kinky shit that they do. Who yep. knows what they call each other in bed. Yep. He probably wants to be called it, it, daddy It's funny now. because you have them doing their own thing. And then you have the groups that are directly opposing each other, which is Dolores. And then you have like Bernard. Obviously, they're fighting against, they're fighting for separate things, right? So that's kind of neat how they set this whole thing up. Right. But Bernard is surprised by this um, because normally the cradle cannot influence other systems, which means they must have thought it was self-contained, which of course, Ford's got all the tricks. It's not. So Elsie shows him that the cradle is responding to every discrete system in the park. It's responding, and I underline this line, it's improvising. Yes. So what's cool about this is that here we have this big giant thing. It looks like a giant server room. Elsie says that it's improvising, i.e. thinking on its feet, being making creative decisions, which might be just kind of telling us by the end of this episode that's for doing this. It's, with his consciousness. Sure. But it's just, to me, it's like so interesting, the idea of like, it sounds like every horror sci-fi movie, like together where you're like, oh, this thing just started this way and now all of a sudden it's improvising and doing its own shit. Like, yeah, Terminators and yeah, shit. Exactly. Skynet, yeah. Like, so it's, you know, this is a good like horror concept for this show to pick up on. Right. Absolutely. It's thinking for itself. It's improvising and responding to things and in, 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 I guess an unpredictable pattern. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I like the idea of this. What do you think about, you, you mean, outside of the horror piece, you, you definitely like this part? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Cool. I, I think it sets up for, I think it's set up for what's to come next and what reveals are going to come about in the show. Right. Um, I like the start of, because we've kind of had Bernard on this journey prior to where he meets up with Skarsgård, our other lost brother that we love. Um, yes. <laughs> And, you know, we're seeing Bernard's journey leading up to that point. We know he's going to kill all the hosts. We know, or supposedly, and all this crazy shit. But it's interesting to watch where his path is taking him over the course of this two weeks. Yeah. To end up where he ends up. And this is interesting to me. And how this is going to play into the rest of the show is interesting to me. It's awesome. So we move over to, I I just love the idea of the ghost in the machine, so to speak. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. We go back to Maeve and Akane, and this is where they kind of all say goodbye, right? Sylvester and Felix go down a body chute. Um, Akane says goodbye to Sakura. She says it's time for her to rest here for good. They burn Sakura's heart in this sort of spiritual effigy. Um, she and Musashi then say goodbye to Maeve, and they say, um, I like Musashi's line here. He says, no man is safe who won't defend his home. Cowardice is a tin shield. And Akane says everyone should be allowed to make their own decisions, even if that means death. She repeats Maeve's words. And I... She says, and this choice belongs to me because of you. Yes. Which I think is very touching. Gave me goosebumps a little. Me too. 
and I love this. I like that we didn't be like, okay, now they're traveling with them and they're going to go to the place. We have this whole new crew. That's like something the Walking Dead would do. Correct. Instead, they're like, hey, here are these people. They're going to stay here. Two episode arc. They don't die and they depart. I'm fine with that. That's awesome. If you want to bring them back in three seasons, great. But this is not, again, the the constant adding to the group, like Walking Dead thing that they do. Which is too upsetting. It's too frustrating. The way they did this was really, really well done. I enjoyed meeting them. I liked how they were similar characters, and I think that they can learn from each other mm. in that manner. 100%. Um, you know, I like Hector giving the nod to Musashi. And I like yeah. the fact that— <laughs> I wrote lots of slight bows and curt nods. <laughs> I like the curt nod from Hector. Not, not deep, respectful bows. Just curt. Just curt little nods, right? They think each other are savages still, but they have respect. <laughs> um, I, uh, I also like— um, that while they made the decision to stay, um, Akane, because she wanted to be close to Sakura, uh, Musashi, because he wanted to defend his land, but also because I think of his love for Akane. 100%. Um, which is interesting because, as you know from Lee, that's not supposed to be the story. Right. That those two are supposed to be in love, so it's funny that that's the impression I feel like they gave, whereas that's also what happened with Maven Hector. And you know what I love about it? This goes back to this sort of Edo period feudal Japanese thing, which it's it's bastardization of but it's still cool and that's you see the the cultural difference between a guy like Hector or just the individual difference I'm gonna say it's part of their cultural programming but between a guy like Hector whose passion for Maeve is so obvious because he wears it on his sleeve and he expresses it constantly right that's very cool that I like that because that's how Hector is and you know for a fact that Musashi feels just the way Hector does about Akane but he is such a different guy. He has a different, he's got that reserved samurai yeah. thing. But you can tell in the way he looks at her, the way he fights for her, the way he is around her, that he probably loves her equally, even mm-hmm. though he doesn't show it. In and it just way. shows a cool way in the difference of the two characters, the difference between the two cultures. I just think that's really cool. I, I agree. Um, and of course, they also like, what's the name of the other girl? Which one? The, the pretty Rayu? one that goes with them. Um, I like that Hanarayu. Yep makes the choice to go with them. I like that. Very cool. And she looks to Musashi and he knows what she's thinking and he just gives her the nod. Gives her the nod. But And that makes sense too because I feel like in a group like that, it's logical that maybe one person will want to go and see what else is there while the others want to stay. Everything is not perfect and where you're like, okay, this whole crew is going to go or this whole crew is going to stay. Things are different and they're messy and... People move on and some people don't. And, and I think that this little thing did, did such a good job of showing that. And, mm-hmm. and it was so, so smartly done. And I, I really liked it. I, I liked our, our brief um, time in Shogun World. Yep. All right. Let's move on to um, Man in Black. Camp with Emily. Oh, this is great. All right. I got a lot of, I actually wrote a lot here. This is why I don't take notes because Dean just writes everything down when I write it down too. I'm just sad. Yeah. It's just easier. (laughs) So the Raj was her favorite as a kid. The men in black seems to remember her being terrified of the elephant. She wasn't. She loved them. Mom was. I like her reaction to him misremembering this fact about her. I, 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 I love it. It's very this. real. It's very real. It's, it's so realistic. Especially for an absentee father, like you're getting the impression he might be. But it's so realistic in the, the manner where he thinks back on it. He's like, of course, I remember that. I remember you being afraid of the elephants. And it's, it's like this fondness when he says it. Correct. And she's like, no, you're wrong. Like, it wasn't me. It was mom. I love the elephants. Yeah. 
And I, I really like that. I like that he remembered it incorrectly. I like how upset she gets about the fact that he remembered it incorrectly. I like his reaction to realizing he was remembering it incorrectly. Yep. Like Ed Harris is like a god among men. He's so fucking good. He's crushing it. Like I, He's crushing it. He is... And, you know, I've said it a zillion times that Maeve is my favorite character on the show, but I don't know the fucking Man in Black my favorite character on the show. I feel like I said this on the, the Heavy Man in Black episode with a lot of, like, Jimmy Simpson in it, too. But, I mean... This the, is hard acting. He sells I mean, it listen, so well. Not an actor. Come to find out. Drink. Not an actor. But I will say this. Why did you say drink? Because every time I say I'm not a profession, everyone... Brian Campbell tells everybody to drink. Oh. Drink, guys. But I, I will say this. I don't. I don't know if it's harder to act sad and, and crushed and devastated like Maeve does, or if it's harder to be more subtle in a situation where you're trying to reserve your emotions in front of your estranged daughter. But they're both great. Thandie Newton and Ed Harris are both great, and they both stand out quite a bit. But since we're talking about Ed Harris right now, I, I have to agree. I think he's doing a great job this season. Last season, he was a menacing bad guy who he was had a, great a bad guy. cool outfit. That was probably a little bit easier than doing the stuff he's doing right now. Uh, and, and it is subtle, but I think it's definitely worth talking about. So I'm glad you brought it up. But yeah. this dialogue continues. She discovers, she recalls discovering the pleasure palaces. Oh my watching God, him squirm, too. Watching him squirm at the thought of, of these dudes plowing his daughter is just so funny. And she said it on purpose of to course. Like get a reaction out of him. And he's trying not to give her a reaction, but you can tell that he's just like, oh my God. The way, he's, the way so she's good. like, and then I rode there for a couple days too. It's, oh my God. <laughs> That's so good. He squirmed so hard. Taking it, that dick. It, it was his reaction too, just like, oh, oh. like he doesn't want to hear it, but he doesn't want to make a big deal. It, it is real. He, God, he's so good in this scene. I don't know what else to say. I, I literally just want to like shower praise on how fucking good he is. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about, um, she talks about how all hell broke loose uh, and you made it all the way to me without getting a scratch. Maybe you're more suited to my line than you want to admit. Or maybe she's a hoe. She says, I have always seen the appeal, life without consequence, but it's sad that you are so obsessed with it now. And then he says, if I'm so pitiable, why do you come all this way to climb under my wing? She laughs at this. Is that what you think this is? That I came under to climb under daddy's wing? Either that or you want a front row seat to watch me die. And that's when she has the, like, the most poignant dialogue of the episode. She says, no. I came here because you're not allowed to do that to me. Suicide by robot or whatever the fuck your mission is now that these things shoot to kill. Listen, I never got mom's reactions to you. I spent so many years buying that you are a good guy attitude. She's the only one who saw through it and she paid for it. But I should not have blamed you for her death. It was wrong. But you don't get to make that our final score. Instead, she's ordering Man in Black, which is hilarious. You're going to come home with me. I'm not letting you stay here to go out in a bullshit blaze of glory. She just lays it out for him. Man, what a highly programmable robot. <laughs> but maybe the joke, what? maybe that's what Ford's so fucking daft at. Maybe he's fucking, maybe he set it up to where he put Emily on a crash course with him on purpose. And who knows? Who knows what's going on here? Could be co coincidental, but I don't think so. Is that how you're getting me out of here? Threatening? No, dad. I like that. No, dad. When she says no, dad, that's a softening of her resolve. Or, or more like a, I'm trying to build a bridge here. Yes. No, dad, I'm asking, right? And what do you think Ed Harris's tears here? 
He's got wet eyes when he looks up at her. For sure. Because of course, because we know we've watched this guy be a piece of shit, but we've also watched him be a human being. Mm -hmm. I think it's two things. What you're saying, and he knows he ain't going already. Of course. And yep. it, it kind of hurts him. Yes, because he knows immediately. He's not going. That he's not going to go with her. Right. And I don't think because he's a bastard, everyone in the chat, Scott TX and Patrick Harrington. Pretty sure he's just a bastard. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> he might be a bit of a bastard still for sure. Yes, but I don't think that's why he goes on without her. I just think he knows he's going to finish his thing and he doesn't want her to come with him. Right. So he leaves her. I think in a way he thinks he's protecting her. I also think in a way he thinks he's dead. Yeah, you're probably right. Right. Um, he says it'd be a good start. I guess we'll start walking at sunup. Um, and he fucking ditches her in the morning. Of course, she's gone. She wakes up to an empty camp. You knew that though too, right? Yeah, you knew that she was going to wake up and he was going to be gone. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. No way in hell he wasn't. He was going to just turn it up. Turn I it she's in. She's just like motherfucker. No, it's perfect. Like she reminds me of how I feel like he would talk a little, which I like. Right. It's good stuff. So yeah, man, I, I like this. I don't know. I wasn't sure about the daughter thing, and I was like, "What is this bullshit? What's going on?" And I don't know. I like this. Um, I think she's good in the short time that we've seen her. I like her. I like her hard edged attitude. But I also like that she's there to to get her dad out of there. And and she's pissed at him at the same time. And I like that it's not just this, I'm here to rescue you, daddy. Remember when I sat on your knee bullshit? There's a, there's a tough relationship there. There's an estranged and, and real relationship there that's being pushed to the limits. And we see the determination of the man in black. And that's one thing we know about the man in black is he is one determined dude to do what he's going to do. Come hell or high water. Is that what he says? He does. Come hell or high water, Emily or Grace or whatever the fuck, I'm going. He ditches her. He does. Bernard, uh, I wrote, Bernard, comma, face, face, and Elsie. So Bernard recalls bringing someone or something or someone here. He goes in despite the fact that the unit was designed for older hosts, only way to figure out what was going on. When he says, I recall bringing something or someone here, I'm guessing someone is Ford. Wait, repeat it. Sorry, I got distracted by the chat. That's as I okay. do sometimes. <laughs> Bernard recalls bringing something or someone here. Yes. I don't know what he's recalling mm. bringing there. Well, it's curious. That is a cute, very cute area. It's a quick scene. We come, we're going to come back to it, but we go to Stubbs and Coughlin. This guy, Coughlin, this hard-ass dude. Wait, you see the guy with the mustache? Yeah, hard-ass dude. This, this fucking Scottish dude. Are you going to make your mustache look like that? Oh, yeah. Yep. You're working on it. Hale has been expecting you. She's waiting in behavior. Tech best get their hands off of my system and get back to holding their dicks. That's what he says. Amateur hour is over. Coughlin's not fucking around, is he? All and business. I like that he makes fun of Stubbs. I'm pretty sure he makes fun of the fact that his name is Ashley. He does. I, I really got that funny. too. I got that too. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's what it was supposed to be, but to me, that's really <laughs> what it felt like. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> Well, there you go. And I get that dudes are named Ashley now. Like, I listened to O-Town when I was a teen, so don't worry about it. But it is funny. It was funny. <laughs> it was funny the way he said it. It was hilarious. <laughs> All right. Keep your hands off my fucking tech, laddie. Or I'll cleave you in twain with McClymore. But anyway, Maeve preps to see uh, Daughter with Lee. This is a brief scene. It's going to go Maeve, Man in Black, Ghost Nation Attack, and then the, the Maeve daughter stuff. So 
Maeve says, I remember, uh, uh, Lee, no, Maeve says, I remember every inch of these hills. Uh, and that's when Lee says, got to give me that one. Even under duress, I can navigate. Something like this. Yes. Um, you like the scene. You you like this moment between these two characters. Talk to me about it. I did. Um, I really did. Uh, because, you know, Lee has been the complainer the whole time. Like, get me out of here. You know, he's got his little phone. He's trying to do whatever he can. But in this moment where Maeve's like, oh my God, I'm here. And he's like, all right, you got to give this to me. I helped you. And then she's like, oh yeah, you did one fucking thing right. <laughs> and then she says, thank you. She seems sincere here. And you, she is sincere. She's a hundred percent sincere and he is touched by it. And again, in a moment where an actor does nothing and says nothing, his face makes it very clear that he, he is touched by this fact. Right. And it matters to him that Maeve is thanking him. Yep. And I really, really like this. It was a tiny, short moment between these two characters. And, and I think it spoke a lot. And I think despite the fact that Lee's going to go and make his phone call, that, you know, there's this still meant something to him. It did. And it certainly meant something to Maeve. It does, of course. And I love that she thanks him. And it admits that, you know, they needed him to get there. It's, it's really, it's really wonderful. It she is. Does a, they both do a great job in this moment. She tells Hector she has to do this thing alone. She kisses deeply upon his lips. I'd do the same if I was her. Yeah. You can wait for me, but let me bring her back. Um, the man in black is ambushed by the ghost nation. He yells, ride! And they kind of take off. So they just kind of beat feet out of that ambush. They lose a guy to an arrow, I believe. Yeah. No name guy, don't matter. As long as it's not Lawrence, I don't care. But let's talk about, about this. This was very emotional, this scene here. Maeve, daughter, ghost nation. Oof. Yeah. So this music, this this music that's recurring throughout this show is very heavy. And they use it to good effect here. Maeve's walk through the wheat field. Sandy Newton's face. This, oh. this face of anticipation and fear and love. She has to know what she has to expect. And you you said this when we were watching it. She had to know. That this that there was going to be someone else in place here, but it doesn't. It's not going to stop her from going. And, and I think almost at the same time, despite the fact that in her mind she knows, like her heart is overriding Correct. that. Of course, and I think that's some that's a you know a thing that people go through. And and I feel like I said it like I was like, oh, she's got to know there's gonna be a mom here. Like she can't be surprised. And I'm sure deep down she did know. My but like too. her heart was telling her, like, no, this girl will see me and she'll know, just like right. I know. Of course, like any person would feel. Yeah, of course. The memories of her daughter's hand on hers, her losing her composure as she approaches her daughter on the porch. So she's kind of approaching her daughter from like the flank from her side there. Mm-hmm. And you can see her almost unable to continue to walk. I mean, she's racked. And this is where Thandie Newton's great. Yes. As she always is. She's great. Um, and they start talking about the dolls. And I bet she loves Anna so much. And the daughter says she doesn't want Anna taken away again. Who would take her away? Oh, the what? bad man. No. You see, Anna's mother is very strong. She would never let anything like that ever happen again. Except, uh, sorry, uh, Maeve, she's talking about her other mom. <laughs> she is, but that oh, doesn't well. mean that it wasn't something in the past. No, And that's course. how she's feeling, and uh, you can imagine. And that's when, hello, mama, can I help you? <laughs> oh, and I'm like, who's this bitch, this cheap-ass Maeve? Get her out of here and off my TV. <laughs> Hey, Ugh. hope Ghost Nation chops you up. I was like, I can't wait till these <laughs> motherfuckers kill this bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Cheap-ass interloper, Maeve. How dare you? It's like the fake Clementine. Who do you think you are? It's true. Okay? It's true. You give me my real fucking zombie Clementine, and you give me Maeve. That's right. Horses in the distance, whinnying. 
and the Ghost Nation arrives again. Know who loves Ghost Nation right now? This kid right here. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're pretty awesome. Maeve takes off with her daughter. She just runs. We think the mama gets got. I mean, we see her get surrounded. They take a far shot from far away. I got something. The Ghost Nation pursues Maeve and the daughter. Come with, come with. Oh, they, they and they come upon her. They have horses. They catch her easily. And their name is Hansi. Come with us. We are meant for the same path. What is his name on the show? I don't know if that's him. That's him. It is? I'm pretty sure hmm. that that was him. I'm not sure if it's him. I guess I'll look into it, but... And get back to you. Slowly. Eventually. As I slowly... Yeah, I, don't, I gotta be honest with you. I'm not sure that's that's him, but it might be. It, they they have some names here. There's a Daniel Two Feathers. That's his real name, which is so fucking cool. He's a Ghost Nation warrior. You have Geronimo Vela. That's an awesome name. His He's name a, is Akacheta. How do you spell it? A-K-E-C-H-E-T-A. Now I'm going to Google it. Akacheta. Yeah, that's his name. I don't know if that's the one talking to her, but it might be. Well... Obviously, I don't know the difference when they have makeup on. But they say he's the leader of Ghost Nation, so why wouldn't he? Oh, okay. Then it is him. Looks a little different. leader though. of Ghost Nation. I don't know. To me, it looks like Hanzi, and you know how I feel about him. So I know. I know how I feel about him, too. Yeah? Who do you think feels stronger? Me. But, I don't um, know. Well, what do you think of this? Let's focus on that instead of who oh, it is. Oh, shit. Sorry. I'm okay. all excited. <laughs> Come with us. We are meant for the same path. I like this. This, this is goes back to interesting to me. Um, I, I, I am almost certain people were putting this theory out there. I don't know because I don't read them, but our listeners put some out. I don't know if they originally they, they had original thoughts or if they got them from other sources, but this was something our listeners were kicking around. What? That they were gathering people up and saving them. That's certainly possible. Yeah. Um, there's definitely, I mean, Stubbs is alive. <laughs> it, it, it just makes you think that perhaps... You know, they already ran into Maeve once, and they ran. You know what I mean? They were like, okay, you can go, but give us that guy. Yeah. They wanted Lee. So now in this situation again, it, it's almost like, for him to say, come with me, we're on the same path. I don't think he's bullshitting her, because if he was just going to murder her, he'd just be like, I'm going to murder you, bitch. Like, I don't think he like is into small talk. Mm-hmm. And to um, everyone in the chat, I they don't all look the same. I know that guy's Hanzi, and he's my favorite, and I love him. So how dare you? Um, All of you. The chat's saying Ghost Nation shown reaching down to fake Maeve like they're grabbing her, not hurting her. So that's a good observation I didn't mm-hmm. catch. Pretty cool. Thanks, I heart Josh. Ugh, I didn't want to even say the name. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Join the club. Um, so, yeah, your path leads to hell, she says quite clearly. Yeah, except no, I think he wants to be her friend. Well, he doesn't get a chance because gunfire erupts. Hector and company are entering the fray. Maeve takes off with her daughter yet again, and Ghost Nation takes off. And that's when Lee makes a call in the presence of Sylvester and Felix. I'm calling for help for those of us predominantly mortal who are tired of having arrows shot at our head. So I want to tie this back to that moment he shared with Maeve. Do you want to do that? Yes. Because I think it's cool. I like that despite the fact that he had this moment with Maeve, Lee's not dumb. He doesn't want to get killed here, and he knows that his chances of being killed are very high out here, despite whatever connection he had with Maeve. So yes. he's getting the fuck out of there. He's as protecting all himself. of the humans should be thinking right now, because you don't know what's going on. It's too risky. It's too dangerous. And I don't fault Lee for trying to get the fuck out of there. It makes total sense to me. It's survival. I'm of trying course. to get out. 
Of course. He's a programmer. He's a story writer. He's, what the fuck? Is he going to fight the Ghost Nation? I don't know. Uh, Felix was going to fight the Ghost Nation. Yeah, he was. Anyway, we move down to uh, Teddy Dolores on the train. This is a quick hitter, but it's one of the last things my daddy told me was that I should run from this place. You think that's right? To which Teddy says, I never thought I'd want to leave, but I suppose you fixed that too. Yeah, Teddy's fucking pissed, and he's going to murder the shit out of Dolores. You know what? I do want to talk about that. I think it's interesting that she was able to reprogram, but he retained this memory of the things he did to her. So he has this knowledge of what was done to him. It's a self-awareness, you could say. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he... Listen, I like evil Teddy a little just because he's really fucking evil, and I'm pretty sure he wants to murder Dolores, like, hard. Yeah. Like, he is mad. Yeah. Deep down. Indeed. I like it. I like the resentment there. That's what that felt like to me. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, Dolores deserves it because she's actually my least favorite character right now. Well, then. Well, I mean, other than Charlie Hale. She just wants her daddy back. No, she's just... No. What about Blue Tongue? Who's Blue Tongue? And sex with Teddy's. Sex with Teddy. Blue Tongue, I said. (laughs) Uh, Dolores, she's fucking Blue Tongue, okay? (laughs) Yeah, she's a blight on anything alive with her fucking bomb drains. But anyway... Teddy gives Phil the gun. He says, this is the last of my mercy. Better use it fast. And that's when they separate the cars. And he's basically telling this guy like, hey, bro, I'd kill yourself if I was you. <laughs> I guess. That's exactly what he's doing. Sure, blow up. I don't, I don't know. But no, that's why he gave him the gun. No, I know. Of course it's I know It's fantastic. That. He's like, hey, I'm just being a nice guy. Take this gun. Shoot yourself in the head. You know what Edger Selva does here? He shoots Teddy in the head. Edger Elba, whatever. Hell yeah. He, as opposed to meek little, what's that guy's name? Phil. As opposed to meek little Phil, who I'm not going to date. I'm just saying, Idris Elba says, cool, bang, shoots Teddy in the fucking head and fights to the death. Yeah, and Andrea right? Chow says, just shoot the window and jump out for fuck's sake. Yeah, do something instead of cowering in the seat fucking crying. Maybe you deserve this, honestly. Maybe some people don't deserve to make it to the promised land. Maybe Dolores is right. You may be right about that. Tough to say. Yeah, definitely jump the train, right? Come on, it's the Wild West. You jump off trains. That's what you do. He'd rather explode, apparently, which is pretty stupid. So that's his loss. Kind of suck if he jumped off the train and got mangled in the desert and then got eaten to death by coyotes. He has a gun, then he shoots himself in the fucking face. Yeah. What if he shoot? Oh my god! What if he shoots himself and then he doesn't die? That would suck. It's rough. And then you only have one bullet. Oh my god! This sounds terrible. I'm getting eaten asshole first by coyotes or ants. Like that time they did. We're trying to do that to Lawrence. Remember the ants were all I do remember that. We covered that. I, I remember it. It was in this season. It wasn't that long ago. Oh my God. I can't wait till I murder you, honestly, <laughs> on a fucking train to have it explode. Here's your one bullet. <laughs> Enjoy, buddy. They separate cars. We go back to Coughlin, Hawking, and this guy, Hawking, and Hale. Did you shut off the killer robots? The robots. The robots. Sh- did you shut off the killer robots? Uh, when Coughlin's told no, he tells the tech to get the fuck out of the way and let his man get in there. He asks Sale about Abernathy. Uh, they manage to get the map back online just in time to see this flashing icon heading their way, which they identify as the train. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Look at that train. Very nice. Well, that's bad news for them. Sure is. Back to Dolores Teddy and the explosion. Kaboom. Everything shakes. That shake carries us into Bernard and Elsie. Dolores is like, oh, yeah. Oh, I, did a, <laughs> I did a thing. I'm going to win. I'm going to kill everybody. And then what the fuck are you going to do, Dolores? 
Like, get your shit together. She should be in therapy, honestly. She's got a lot of fucking issues. In therapy or maybe jail. I mean, she killed many she people. She should probably be in a jail with a therapist. I don't know if those exist, but hopefully they do. And she goes to one. Sounds like fun for the therapist. No, actually, probably would be really interesting. And so she murdered Locked the therapist. Locked in a cell with Dolores? Yeah, it's called the story of Bernard's life. That might be true. Or the story of Dolores' times. life. Big explosion, Bernard and Elsie. And uh, Bernard finds Ford and his dog, doesn't he? Yeah, first they got to put him in the thing, cut his head open. Like, whoa, let's not that skip ahead from that shit. was fucking cool. I like how they say it was for older hosts. Mm-hmm. And he just grits the pain. Yeah, I don't, I mean, we, we already saw it in the earlier scene. We didn't talk about it, though. I know. Well, we should probably talk about it. We are. Oh, okay. And It's uh, kind of important. It's really violent and painful so for So let's Bernard. talk about it instead of talking about talking about it. Great. So when she's like, listen, Bernard, I didn't even turn off your pain receptacles or whatever. Bernard's like, oh, there's no time. I'm like, I think you have 30 seconds to fucking turn off his pain receptacles. He says pain is just a program. Yeah, He's sure. okay with okay. it. I don't know. He can take that shit. He's a tough guy. He was like, like he was like screaming, like, ooh. Like know, what? How like did it. he scream? Ooh, I don't like it. How was he doing it? <laughs> I can't. You just imitated. No. Can you do it again? I started to and then I stopped because I was ashamed. Why? <laughs> of my imitation. It was like this. <laughs> it wasn't that was like actually, that, was it? No, it was kind of like that. Was it? <laughs> like that? It was actually just like that. Just like it. Okay. He wanted the pain. He's like, give it to me. Yeah, it definitely looks painful as shit there. I, I like how <laughs> Elsie's like, uh, you you have a head, dude. Like, it's going to cut your head open and take your brain out. Uh, Yeah. And Bernard's like, it's cool. Yeah. We'll just sew it right back up. Just give me a nice little toupee and uh, my life will be fine. Yeah. He's going to look pretty funny with a, he's going to have that fucking 14th century monk haircut. <laughs> like just a bald head with a stupid hair ring. He can like go those to idiot. What are they Franciscan go, monks? They yeah, he can go to like Friar World and like live Fri- there. Friar okay. World, <laughs> also known as Providence College, my alma mater. It'll be great, dude. That is fucking funny, man. Hey, real quick. Hey, yeah. Stop making that dumb bottle popping noise in the mic. Am I doing that? Yeah, it makes me want to kind of murder you. I didn't know I was doing it. I'm gonna put you on a train. With a bunch of bombs. And I'm going to push you into a mountain. What do you think of that? That's going to be hard no, because I'm going to shoot the window out and jump out and live. Oh, you have Andrew to thank for your life. I know. Thank you, Andrea. I just, just like I thank her for so many things. You're not going to do the big dick move like Idris and shoot me in the head? No, because I'm still a kind person that wouldn't want to murder you. Please. I actually jump out of the train, then I plot a horrible revenge against you. Like Dolores? Hey, that's why you hate her. This is self-loathing. Ah, we're getting a place. We're doing therapy. Me and you are doing therapy right now. What else do you feel? (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about um, Ford. We see Ford's conscious. Yeah, first we see Ford's dog. So let's start with that because of all things I remember of Westworld. I'm going to fucking push the mic away while you go on about this. Because we watched Bernard walk through the thing and he's basically going through every guest's experience. You know, going into Westworld is like, oh, there's Dolores. It's like, oh, there's Teddy. There's all our friends. There's a picture being taken of those people. What is this, the Wizard of Oz? And you were there too. And you were there too. (laughs) And you were there too. Exactly. Hmm. And then we see not just any dog. One, a greyhound, one of my favorite breeds of dog. But whatever, that's not the point. The point is, is that immediately I see the dog and I say, that's Ford's dog. Know why? Because know what I remember the most about the show? There's a dog. I know what episode it was in and who it belonged to. Christ. And this was Ford's dog. 
Too many seconds. You're you're cut off. Greyhound, so fucking cute. Bernard says, "Hold on, I know that dog." Right, I'm gonna shut your mic off while he you talk about the dog. Right into that room. Okay, and what does he see? And the dog what? laying by somebody at the piano. If <laughs> will you talk about who's at the fucking piano? Well, of course, I didn't tell you the dog was there. Yeah, you sure did. Enough. Move on. So he looks up from the dog. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. And then he sees one of my greatest friends, Hannibal Lecter, aka Anthony Hopkins, aka Ford. What, and what do you think really of pumped. this? I think I said earlier today, really pumped that HBO got an extra few million so they could bring <laughs> Anthony Hopkins to fly back. him out. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to see Anthony Hopkins again. Definitely not in this season. So this was actually a big surprise for me, and I was pretty fucking pumped because Anthony Hopkins to me is also a god among men. Not going to lie. Yeah. So, yeah, Jelly Feast, Ford looks up and says, hello, Clarice. I fucking <laughs> wish. <laughs> That's like my dream. <laughs> hello, Bernard. <laughs> yeah. Are you getting wild with the boys in the hello, back of Bernard. the cars, Bernard? What did multiple migs say to you? <laughs> you know, in the last town you were in. Did he throw sperm at you? Oh. Don't worry, I'll have him bite his tongue off and die. Scott TX says, do you think he was CGI? And I don't because no. based what? on the previews, it looks like he's going to be in the next episode. Damn, he might have been though. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but if he's he's going to be in the next episode. I'm pretty sure if they use him as CGI, they still have to pay him. Yeah, his likeness. Yeah. Well, that's all, That's negotiated and shit in the contract, I'm sure. I don't know. All I know hey, is I real love quick. that, man. Not a lawyer drink. Bam, motherfuckers. Getting y'all drunk. Um, Somebody drank because I talked about dogs already. Yeah, that's on the, bing- the bingo sheet. And also because I said something about horror. <laughs> that's on the bingo sheet. Not to mention mild racism is on the bank is on the sheet. The bingo sheet is literally my favorite thing that's ever happened basically in all street media. And some days I look at it and just laugh out loud. Well, let's move on because <laughs> most people don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Okay. So, do you like Ford's presence here? Do you like that he's back in the show? Sure I know you do. called him a god among men. But. Everyone's mad at me because I talked about the preview and some people don't watch the preview and I'm sorry. No, oh, well. They're mad at me in the chat. They don't watch the preview? No, the preview is my favorite fucking part of every episode of TV. Does that I'm mean sorry. I have to fucking edit this shit? I don't know. Is that a spoiler because he's in the next episode? Ugh. Is it a spoiler that he's in the next episode when Braun's standing in front of him, guys? Come on. Um, he's standing in front of him. What do you think they're going to cut back and he's going to be uh, not talking to fucking Ford? That's retarded. Pat- Come on. Patrick and Scott, I just want you to know that my favorite part of every TV show is the previews. Ask Dean. He gets really mad at me because I get so pumped about watching the previews after an episode is over. It's basically like, it's literally the best two minutes of the show. Yeah. Well, here we go. We're moving on to something uh, in more interesting. Like listener comments. Whoa. Yep. Listener comments. I will start things off. What do you think of that? Great, because I am unprepared. That's nice. Well, Do you know the name of the podcast? Yeah, it's called... Yep. Hold on. She still doesn't know. <laughs> I think... Wait, wait, wait. I do know. Hold on. Hold on. It's called... <clears throat> Without Limits, colon, a Westworld podcast. Nice. It's on my podcasting app. <laughs> nice. Wow. <laughs> but it's, it's not on auto-download, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read um, Brian Blake. Brian Blake says the following. Dolores discovers that dating a bad boy means he might occasionally shoot your hostage in the face. Maeve auditions for the Lifetime movie Prairie Land Abduction. Your daughter is my daughter. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. Bernard plugs into the Matrix, doesn't learn Kung Fu, 
The Men in Black narrowly misses out on being named Father of the Year. <laughs> the extraction <laughs> team, SEAL team, sucks. Fails to detect the two individuals casually walking one floor above. Awesome. Good shit out of Brian. I like it. Here, here, sir. Yeah, here, here, sir. Who would you like to read? I'm going to read Andrea's uh, comment since she's been so supportive of me in the chat. It's called favoritism. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea says, well, I cried. Yes, liquid of a non-sexual matter exuded from my body. Wow. <laughs> Maven, her daughter's story, as a mom, there is no way you can watch and not put yourself in her shoes. Also, what's the deal with Ghost Nation? Are they good after all? Mm. I'm so sad we had to leave our Shogun friends behind. I hope it isn't the last of them, but I can't imagine we'll see them again without some kind of deus ex machina uh, scenario. I hate New Teddy. I hope he kills Dolores, though. Same. Um, doesn't she know you can't make a homicidal maniac a housewife? <laughs> oh, then she talks about the trailer, so I'm going to more. Um, also, closed captioning for the episode was confusing. They kept using wrong names, which Dean and I also noticed. Um, and I just want to point that William Alvarez says, yo, lay off my boy, new Teddy, hashtag thug life. Nice. So, awesome. thug life. Hashtag thug life. Mm-hmm. All right. I will do one more. <laughs> I will do Patrick Harrington. What was up with the special forces guy calling Stubbs bro? Question mark. Like, I feel I'm too old to use that, and I know that guy is. Wow, I say it all the time, and I'm old. Um, funny, fun up, though. I thought he fun EP. <laughs> fun up, though. Apparently, all Teddy needed was to get laid, and now he's a fucking Terminator. <laughs> yes. He sure is, dude. I love it. Anyone else or final thought time? Um... Uh, you already talked about Daniel Felch's comment. I did? Y- yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you said I did. I'm going to read Jason Tick. Go for it. Okay. I just finished the episode. I'm not sure how I feel about this. I feel like I'm a decently smart guy. No genius by any means, but better than the average morons out there. Wow. I stopped watching Mr. Robot because it felt like it was getting a bit, I don't know, even know how to put it, too smart for its own good. I have a feeling that this show is starting to flirt with that. I'm okay with some technical discussion, but it's starting to get to the point where if you don't have a computer programming degree, they will just have to explain what happened in the last couple of episodes. I like to try and figure out when it comes to the mystery TV movies. I did enjoy some of the episodes this week. I thought the stuff with Teddy was solid. Almost to be careful what you wish for, Dolores. Mm-hmm. Side note for me, totally agree with that. Yep. The interaction with Man in Black and his daughter was great as well. I agree. So that's, that's my comment. Good stuff. And I then mean, I'll finally just... Comment. Give a shout out to uh, William Alvarez, who says, very, very brief, when they did the Samurai Duel, I looked at my woman and said, I love this shit. Awesome. I liked um, also the second comment where Andrea said, I think it was Andrea, because I already got out of the comments, oh, you looked over at Josh. <laughs> no, Josh can't have William. He's mine, even though they got that, that gay Marine thing. He's definitely mine. William's yours? Oh, yeah. He's not I Heart Josh? No. No, I definitely... Oh, I heard Josh is gone. I, well, he's probably off to stock Josh. Probably. I mean, you never know. There you go. But... Uh, we see him outside of Josh's <laughs> place. We're like, fuck. He's wearing a t-shirt with that stupid logo on it. I think we know who that guy is. Oh, that's awesome. Josh is like, I haven't even watched the last two episodes of Westworld. He doesn't fucking know this guy's coming for him. He better re- listen to this quick and know he is coming for him. Yeah, we got bad news for him. We're not going to warn him. But you know, if he I'll warn him. I'll shoot time. him a text. Look no, no, out no. your window. Just see if he listens in time. Just you know, for fun. That's his punishment. He for gets. Funsies. He wakes up in a fucking hotel bathtub <laughs> with no fucking kidney or whatever. <laughs> oh, that seems kind of harsh. I'd rather warn him. 
Oh my God. I like how everyone spells cradle in the technical term in the chat. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Me neither. CR4-DL. Let's get to our final thoughts and get the fuck out of here. This is a nice shorty we did here. Yeah, well, you know, there's not a ton going on. Nice little shorty. Speaking of shorty, go ahead, shorty. If you ever call me that again, I will actually fucking kill you. Come on, shorty. Let's go. <laughs> I just vomited in my mouth. Um, yeah, pretty much the same as how I feel before. Like, this episode had some high points. Um, in general, it seemed really a lot like a setup episode for what's to come. Really liked Ed Harrison's daughter. Really liked me and her daughter. Um, I really like Dolores being like, fuck, what happened here with Teddy? And Teddy's like a real douche wagon, but Dolores is also really a douche wagon. So, I guess... They're a good pair. That's good final thoughts. You want um, me to take over? <laughs> no, I think those are great final shorts. Shorts. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, look at the chat and people are writing shoddy. And shoddy. All right, babe. Go ahead. <laughs> Mandria called me a thought last week and I still don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Um, what? Are you done? Yeah, Patrick Harrington. All right, babe. <laughs> All right. Here's my final thoughts. Ready? This is what I would like to call a turning point that's spinning us into the final arc. And I think it was necessary. And despite the fact that that's how it, that that's what this episode is for the final three or four eps here, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's not the best episode in the world, but they can't all be the best episodes in the world. It's still good TV writing, I think. Um, I really liked it. I liked the relationship stuff um, between the, the parents and their kids I like that we closed the book on Shogun World in a acceptable fashion, which was not everyone died and they didn't go along with them. They actually lived and stayed behind. I think there are certain TV shows that could benefit from that. <clears throat> Walking Dead, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I also liked, um, I liked the stuff at the end here. I like this cradle thing. Um, that's, uh, that opens us up to uh, new possibilities, new twists and turns that we couldn't have explored before, and I like it. And it makes sense that they would have a thing to record guests with and to help market and, and fix things, and at the same time, have a back door in there that Ford can do other things with. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I liked it. I'm happy about it. I'm looking, to, uh, looking forward to the rest of the season. I've been enjoying it a lot. And I just want to thank everyone who turned up in the chat. I would like to uh, implore everyone to consider uh, subscribing to this podcast and sharing with other people that you uh, know would like listening to a Westworld podcast. Show them how to do it. Take their phone from them, hit the subscribe button, and check it out. I think that would be really cool. Um, anything else you want to say before we go? No, just that even if you don't think they'd like it, just download it on their podcasting app anyway. See what happens. <laughs> there you go. Okay? Awesome. <laughs> and of course, don't forget to visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net. We have a lot of different podcasts and you can find all of the different ways that you can connect with us as individuals and us as LSG Media through social media. So do us a favor, check it out. And Jessica, tell these good people goodbye. Good people, goodbye. <laughs>